Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. You never leave us. You never forsake us. But we're coming in here to just focus on your presence, to focus on your spirit within us, to draw on that spirit that lives inside of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We lift you up in this place. Hallelujah. Just just talk to him. Thank you, Father, for your spirit. Jesus, we pray with our spirits directly to you because our spirit is directly connected to you. We have the divine resources of heaven welling up inside of us and we speak them out into this dimension. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you meet our needs exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. Holy Spirit, you live within us. You are unlimited and all-powerful. We trust you. We yield to you in this moment. We give ourselves over to you. Thank you, Lord. Now, now worship and speak to him, not from up here, but from here. So like when you're talking, when you're speaking, let it come up out of your belly. Father, we just thank you. We trust you. We love you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Because a lot of times it's easy when you start talking and your mouth starts going those words start going, you kind of rise up into here. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about? You get up in your head, keep it down in here in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That way, that way you're, you ever prayed and you feel like your words are out in front of what it is you actually mean and feel and then you kind of stop yourself and you're like, what am I even saying? I'm not feeling what I'm saying right now. And it's not about feeling as much as it is it flowing out of your heart than just stuff you're saying with your head, you know. Hallelujah, Lord. We trust you. We trust you, Holy Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We magnify your name, Lord. We lift you up in this place. We acknowledge your presence. You are moving. You are moving in our midst. You're touching each person in this place. You've given us your spirit. We say yes to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We trust you, Jesus. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. We trust you. We magnify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just create space in my mind and my heart for you to manifest, to dwell within me, to override <clears throat> Everything else. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we praise you. Hallelujah. Just feels good, doesn't it? You know, and so I 100% fully believe that as we do this, as, and as we genuinely yield to Him and connect to Him, He moves. He's working. You know, it's almost like He's just waiting for us to get in alignment with Him, and He flows. Just like that water. It's in that spout. It's in the lines. It's there. It's ready to go. You turn that spout on, and it flows, and it feeds, and it nourishes. And you can do all kinds of cool things with it. You can clean stuff. You can water stuff. You can wash stuff. That's the Holy Spirit. He's in there. He's just waiting. You, did you know that? Y'all know that already. You don't have to ask Him to show up. You don't have to have a five-day revival service and hope that He comes and does something. You yield to Him. You connect with Him. You, you let Him move you. You don't try to move Him. Amen. We're not trying to gather to move God or to get Him to respond to us or to get Him to move. What we're doing is we're trying to tap into that which what He's already done. We're trying to just get ourselves out of the way and, and yield to the, the fruit of the finished work, the fruit of everything that He's done inside of us through Christ. When I'm praying, I'm not trying to get Him to do anything. I'm not asking Him to release or do anything. I'm just asking Him to help me have wisdom to open up to Him, to let Him flow and let Him yield and, yet, and let Him move. And as I yield to Him, His will is accomplished. Amen. Well, it's a little bit different than normal, normal Wednesdays. Normal Wednesdays is a little bit more casual, but because we are recording... Um, We've, you know, got the little bit more formal setup, so that's what we're doing. I haven't met you, by the way. What's your name? Shonda Say your first name again. Shonda LaRoland. Shonda LaRoland. Shonda That's your That's your first name? Shondala. Welcome. Well, how about you? Sean. Sean. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Sean and Shondala. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um... Sam, you had your hand up. You, why don't you turn these middle lights on too? Because we're going to get into where we uh, get our notebooks out and our paper and all that, and we get a little bit more practical tonight. On, on the water. On the water. Oh yeah, the water point. You know what? Because since we are recording, we are going to do the microphone thing tonight because we want those that are going to hear to or watch and listen to to be able to hear. Yeah, when I'm growing up, uh, my whole family were water, water well drillers up in northern Indiana. And one of the most exciting, memorable times of my working with my dad, my grandpa, uh, drilling wells was when we hit artesian flowing wells. Uh, and you made me think about that when you said that about the water is just there it, it, it's just unreal to see the water boiling out from underneath the earth, maybe 100, 150 feet deep, uh, and realize that we, that supply 
is always there and and it tastes good and it's cold that's one of the things i remember so much about it it was so cold it was colder than normal water that we a well that we would drill it was it was uh, very cold very you know crystal clear uh, but an artesian or, or you know flow we used to call it flowing well flowing didn't happen well. very often yeah you know there's so much that uh, we can look into nature and see and learn from the holy spirit it's one of my favorite things to do the more you know i watch these discovery channel stuff and they get real in, intricate about bees or artesian wells or you know i'm sure you in your biology classes you see you see something and it's like there's no way this system designed itself and then you just sit back and you're all, you're in wonder and awe you know <clears throat> well just as a formal start for our editors i'll say this welcome to session four of the ministry of the holy spirit uh the the wednesday nights are going to be more practical um less teaching really did you did you open pro presenter okay let me let me jump in there because i do want to review a couple of um passages because we've been looking at what is the ministry of the holy spirit why do we have him what did jesus say about him who is he you know, one of the things that's the most impressive to me is that Jesus said, it's better for you that I go so he can come. Like, it's better that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us than Jesus be here in person. Think about that. I mean, how many of you would like for Jesus to show up and preach tonight? What's better than that is that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And, you know, I, when I talk about this, I always make the same kind of jokes, really. But imagine if Jesus came into town, you know, he's preaching up at Piedmont Park or something like that or somewhere where people can fit. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be cool? It's like, hey, Jesus, is, and it, he could do that. Like, like Jesus in bodily form appeared multiple times after the resurrection. It is legal for him to appear on this planet in bodily form now. He can do that if he wants to. He's Lord of all. There's something going on, though, between him and the Holy Spirit and the Father where it's better for him to be in heaven and the Holy Spirit be here for now. But it could happen where Jesus appears and he shows up downtown Atlanta or Noonan or Sharpsburg or my backyard, your backyard, and he's preaching. That could happen. I mean, there's people all over in the Middle East right now saying that they meet this man with what robes and he's got a book in his hand and he says, go find this book. And they go find the book and it's the Bible and they find out about Jesus. Y'all heard those stories? Yeah, amazing. And that's real and that is happening. It is happening. And that still could happen. Jesus could go and do a tour of churches if he wanted to. He could travel around and wreck some churches. <laughs> But it's better that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you than Jesus here walking around doing what he did when he was here. It's better that the Holy Spirit is inside of you because that's what he said. Did he not say that? 
He said, it is expedient that I go so that he can come. It's a big deal. It is a big deal that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us for lots and lots and lots and lots of reasons. <clears throat> so, you know, that first, that first message about the Holy Spirit testifying of Jesus and bringing all things to your remembrance what Jesus said, um, we went through this whole list of scriptures, and I didn't even put them all in there. You know, I just went to a, that my, one of my favorite Bibles or online Bible resources, openbible.info, and put in Holy Spirit. And there's just lists, and I would encourage you to go do that. It's amazing everything that's associated with the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, unfortunately, every good charismatic, typically when they start talking about the Holy Spirit, talks about the power. Let's talk about the power. Well, to be honest with you, to me, one of the greatest, and it's not, it's not listed in the gifts of the Spirit, except that it is the first gift that Jesus mentioned when he started teaching on what the Holy Spirit would do. And to me, the most important, one of the most powerful and personal and intimate gifts of the Holy Spirit is that you can hear God for yourself. I'm doing a lot of pounding on this thing. I need to, I need to get away from this thing. Think about that, though. Like one of the most powerful gifts you can operate in is to hear God for yourself. Because that's what the whole that's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. He would talk to you. He would speak to you. He would show you what is to come. He would testify of Jesus. He would remind you of what Jesus said. So the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And unfortunately, because a lot of you know, spirit-focused, gift-focused, uh, charismatic-type, Pentecostal, whatever label you want to put, Christians have kind of recoiled against the intellectual, doctrinal-type teachings and kind of walked away from anchoring everything in Scripture. I'm not, I'm not saying they've left Scripture, but I'm saying when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit, it's like, two different things. It's like, okay, I'm going to study my Bible. I'm going to know my Bible over here. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit stuff, it's me and unicorns and rainbows and signs and birds flying in from different directions and opening my Bible and pointing and this happened. So I think this is what the Spirit is saying. Are you with me? It gets a little flaky. That's a technical term. It means flaky. <laughs> and while the Holy Spirit may say something to you, that is just a direct, clear message, and will, and has, it will be rooted and anchored in Scripture. It absolutely will be rooted in something that Jesus said or something that was affected through His death, burial, and resurrection because the very first thing that Jesus taught that the Holy Spirit would do would be to testify of Jesus. So when you're praying for direction from God and you're asking God to speak to you and you're wondering what you're supposed to do, and a scripture gets quickened to you, to me, feed on that. Feed on that. If it's just a passage that comes to you, feed on that because he will take the word of God, quicken it to you, and it will become wisdom. The word of God is a lamp to our feet. You can look at it. You can sit like we started out here. You start, you sit with the Holy Spirit, you commune with him, and then you allow scripture to rise up within you and then you can get nuance out of that. If it works for you where Scripture is not involved and you just hear messages, then knock yourself out. I don't trust myself enough to do it that way. I want it to be rooted and anchored in Scripture. I just do. 
I want every word that any person or any Holy Spirit, the one of them, speaks to me to always testify of Jesus, to always testify of the death, burial, the, the person of Jesus, and the finished work of Jesus. Amen? So, if that sounds good to you, then stick around, because that's how we're going to talk about it for a while. So, we're just really centered around this idea here. The Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that He will take of mine and declare it to you. And so I will add to this the understanding that we are co-heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. So everything Jesus has, you have. So really what's happening here is the Holy Spirit is declaring to you what's yours through Christ. Amen? Say, I'm a joint heir with Christ. Everything He has, I have. And the Holy Spirit's going to tell me about it. Amen? You know, and so... If, I think if we become adept and mature and rooted in, a, in hearing the Holy Spirit through Scripture and that serving as our anchor and that tuning our heart, then when we go into something that's there's not necessarily a, a chapter and verse for, but the Spirit needs to speak to you about it, there will be some type of wisdom principle, some type of illustration, something in the life of Christ or something in the apostles that testifies of it. So as you're sitting there and you're praying and you're reminded of something that Jesus said or the effect of His death, burial, and resurrection, you sit within it. You let that inform what it is that you think you're hearing from God first, and then you can go into specifics and nuance after that. You know, that this, is, this is the way that it works for me and a lot of recovering charismatics, you know, I'll call them, Hilltop chasers or mountaintop chasers, you know, we all know those Christians, those, those charismatics have gone from mountaintop to mountaintop experience, always chasing the eternal buzz, you know. And it's like, it, it can be a lot more mature and rooted and ground. I'm not saying you can't have fun and the Holy Spirit doesn't do all that weird stuff, you know, because there are people that have interesting encounters, I'll say. And I'm, I'm all for that stuff, but, but I've just seen the effects of what that stuff can do to the average Christian. And the average believer needs a healthy, steady, mature approach to hearing and following God. I mean, it, it, they just do. And unfortunately, a lot of circles that I've seen that put the gifts out front and focus on the experience and presence and all that, there's, there's a lack of character and integrity, unfortunately, in, in a lot of those circles. And I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. I think, the world, I think the world deserves to know and see a body of Christ that knows the Word of God and functions in the power of God. Amen? So that's what I'm blending here in this whole ministry of the Holy Spirit session. So I will ask you to open up your Bible you can look at it on your phone, wherever you want to go to look at it. But we're going to flip over to Galatians 5. <clears throat> I'm going to start in verse 16. And I just want to read that part because um, I'm done teaching and I want to get into just practical application tonight. So last week what we did was we went through um, 
key areas of life, meaning identity, you know, because a lot of people talk about spirituality as like a, a key area of life, and it is, but I blend it into identity because true spirituality is learning who you are now in Christ, learning that you are spirit first and foremost before you are anything else. And we need to identify as who we are in spirit in Christ, then look at the rest of our lives, not the other way around. So identity, we went through these last week, and if you weren't here, you... you, you, you uh, didn't get to watch, go back and watch the second message in this series, um, Hearing God for Yourself. And we walked through identity, um, mental health, physical health, relationships, finances, career and job, and purpose and calling. And what we did was we went through each one of those and we asked ourselves questions about how do I feel about where I am in my finances? And so the, 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 the idea of it was, and I didn't really explain it at the beginning because I wanted everybody to kind of have the experience, and so you're in the second part of it, so I'll tell you up front. But what, we were, what I was trying to get people to do is ask yourself, because you have an inner man, you have a new heart that is directly connected with God, and that heart thinks. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Above all else, guard your heart, because out of your heart flow all the issues of life. When God made you new, the part of the, def part of the inner work that happens is He removes that old dead heart and He gives you a new living heart. He gives you a heart of flesh. He gives you a new core, a new inner man that's connected with Him. So the exercise was designed to do this, when you ask yourself questions about your physical existence and how, where you are in this world, I want your heart to answer because your heart is where you're going to hear from the Holy Spirit, not necessarily your intellect. If you get up into your intellect, you're going to start rationalizing and reasoning and you can potentially reason away the promises of God, whereas your heart will wrestle with the promises of God, not reason them away. Your heart will also, unfortunately, look to your brain and the outer world for information as well. So if in these questions that we start asking tonight, and again, this is super practical, and it's a little bit subjective talking about where you hear from, but it's rooted in Scripture, you know, your heart knowing, God searching your inner man, your heart thinks, you have the mind of Christ, it's all connected inwardly in here, not here. Um, I think you pretty much all know what, what I'm trying to, you know, word, we lose words when we try to understand and speak about spiritual concepts. But the goal is, okay, where am I in my finances? And then you stop and you just think about it. How do, how do, so let's just do that as a review for just a minute. Just tell everybody, kind of push your bottom all the way back to the back of the chair. Unless it's painful for you, then get comfortable. Relax your shoulders. Drop your shoulders. Relax your neck. Take a deep breath. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just acknowledge Him. We trust you, Lord. Now just bring your awareness to the center of your chest and your belly. And just taking deep breaths, another deep breath. And when you breathe out, you're relaxing. Relax your entire body. Holy Spirit, thank you. Spirit of the living God lives within me. I acknowledge your presence within me. 
So one of the key areas of life is finances. And now I want the answer to come from here, not here. Ask yourself, how am I doing financially? How do I feel about my financial state? Don't get into your head. Don't start thinking about your job and rationalizing anything. All I want you to do is connect to how you feel about your finance or financial situation. Acknowledge it. Maybe some of you are like, praise God, I'm making more money than I ever have. Some of you might be thinking, yeah, this is a real problem for me. I'm broke. I'm in debt. I don't, I'm not in a good situation. Just, just be honest with yourself. See, that's another thing is that you can do when you connect with your heart is you're just honest with yourself. Now, think about something that Jesus did that affected your finances. So I want you to think of a scripture. <coughs> think of a scripture directly related to Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection that's related to finances. I'll help you out. He became poor so that you might become rich. We also can think of He gives us the power to get wealth. But don't get into your head. Don't analyze. Stay down in your heart and acknowledge. So you've acknowledged how you feel about it and where you are in this earth. Now I want you to think about spiritually. What's the truth about who God is? God's my provider. So I'll just let you in on a little bit of all that's coming into my heart in the moment. In my heart, I'm hearing Jesus talk about the parable and the teaching. You know, he says that um, you ask God for bread, he's not going to give you stones. He's not going to give you a snake. He's a good father. I think about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and more. He'd already taught all day long. He'd done a bunch of miracles. He was concerned that they were going to walk away and leave. And what did he do? He took what the ministers that he'd gathered around him had, and he multiplied that so they could bless the people. Think about that for just a minute. A lot of times when we think about the miracle of the fish and the loaves, we think about the power of it. We think about, oh my goodness, I can multiply food. I can multiply fish. But what's the heart of the matter? The heart of the matter is this. Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, feed the people. And they said, we can't. We don't have enough. It'll take too long to make enough money to get enough food to feed these people. So what did he do? He blessed what they already had. And through them, he blessed the people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Provision is not on me. It's on you. As I work with you, as I trust you, as I stretch my heart to believe you, Holy Spirit, you work through me. You bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. And as I bless others, I pick up basketfuls for myself later on so I don't go without either. That is your heart, Lord. That is your heart. 
And so what I'm doing now is I'm not trying to figure out how to make that happen. I'm not trying to figure out where it's going to come from. I'm not asking you to do it. All I'm doing is I'm assuring and I'm persuading my heart of your character and your desire and your finished work. Because my heart doesn't need the details. All of my heart needs to do is just believe it's who you are. I'm persuaded of your character. You're my provider, Lord. I just trust you. I don't need the details. I trust you. I believe it. I believe it. Because it's who you are. Are you with me? Now, so basically, I just did. I just did openly in front of you uh, what I do all the time about all kinds of things. Uh, I'm not interested in trying to know details. All I want to do is persuade my heart of who He is. Because as I believe who He is, I will experience who He is. You know, when we get into talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the power aspects of it, he didn't really teach them how to do it. He would answer their questions and when they came back afterward and it didn't work and he explained to them, he'd say, you need to get the unbelief out of your heart. You need to get rid of that money that you're trusting. He'd talk about where they were in their hearts, but he didn't really give a lot of detail. He just expected them to believe that it worked. That, that's my main interest when I spend time in Scripture is to persuade my heart of who he is. Because then, so I, I don't, so I don't, I don't know if you know. And I, and again, I'm not the like super Christian. I'm not trying to say I have it all 100% figured out. I just have done this a lot and understand a lot of the nuances, and so kind of want to give a little bit of an illustration that maybe it's helpful for you. And then you go and you develop your own relationship with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? But what I do know is that persuading your heart of who He is. That's what he wants. He, wanted, he wants your heart anchored in trust toward him because when you believe the truth about him, you will experience the truth about him. It's just how it works. It's just how it works. You don't have to pray the most articulate prayer to get him to move. He's moved. He's already moved. Persuade your heart so that you'll experience it and stop limiting him. Jesus teaches on the parable about the heart, Mark 4, Matthew 13, is it Luke 10? About the heart, the mystery of the kingdom. The condition of your heart or the receptivity of your heart to the word will determine the degree of the kingdom you experience in this life. So what I just did with finances, I want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit tonight. And so what we're going to do is walk through each fruit of the Spirit, and I want you to kind of get a grid for where you are with each fruit, and I want you to... So in a sense, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of... You know, it's... A, it's, it's you can call it conditioning. You can call it programming. I know these are kind of psychological terms. Um, I'm not interested in trying to develop psychological mechanisms, although they kind of are psychological mechanisms, what they really are is biblical patterns of mind renewal. Repentance, mind renewal unto transformation. We're transformed as we renew our minds. I think we can create methods for mind renewal because what is mind renewal? It is actually what repentance is, which is to change your mind. 
So what I want to do is I want to change the way that I think. First off, literally, I don't want to think with my brain. I want to think with my heart when it comes to spiritual matters. Because that is where Jesus is being poured out into my heart. Ephesians 3. He is pouring out His love into my heart so that I would know Him, right? So that I would experience Him. I'd be filled to the fullness of, you know, the measure of His stature. All right, so if you don't have something to write with and on, raise your hand. Do we have the extra notepads in here? Okay. What's that? Does anybody need? Yeah, we have one here. Does everybody have a, something to write on and with? You're gonna, you're gonna want to do this. I don't, I don't want you just looking at me. I ain't that pretty. It's a participation. <laughs> All right. So while he's getting those, I'll read here. Galatians five, starting in verse six. I'm reading in the New King James. So. Again, this, this last message we went into um, talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And, you know, what? so, sorry, let me just set the stage a little bit before I read this particular part of Scripture. Um, and then he's got a pad for you there, too. Maybe it'll be easier. Thank you. So, for me, um, I, I, again, the world deserves to see a body of Christ walking in character and integrity and love. First and foremost, love. You know, the, the world for too long has heard a condemning, fault-finding message from the church, and what they need to hear is the love of God, and then feel it and see it from us. Not minimizing sin, not making space or any of that, not compromising values, not, not, not bending, not being soft on the destructiveness of where culture is going because truth remains and there is a truth. But what I'm talking about is like how Jesus... I mean, does Jesus approve of adultery? But look how He treated the woman caught in adultery. Does He approve of divorce? Well, look how He treated the woman who'd been married. Was it five times? I mean, you know, that, that, that's what I'm talking about. Love covers a multitude of sin. Well, there's a scripture for that. That, that just hit me in a new way for just a moment there. So, so this idea of the Holy Spirit is, it really goes all the way back to what God has tried to do and wanted on the planet. God wants a family, a, a kingdom, a nation of priests, is what He said He wanted through Israel. He wanted a family in Abraham through which he could bless all the nations of the earth. That's why he went and called Abraham out, promised him a child, led him the way that he led him, so that he could bless Abraham and his children and his offspring, so that through him he would be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. That is what God wants. And so God has now figured out a way, you know, I say it that way, you know what I mean, but God has designed or enacted a way that he can... He Himself can be a blessing to all nations through His family by placing Himself, His Spirit within us and actually living and breathing through us. So I see this picture of God having given dominion over this planet to mankind. We are ruling and reigning on this planet, although he, even though He is the ultimate sovereign, 
the way that he's choosing to exercise his sovereignty over this planet right now is he's given it to he's given dominion to us but he is the supreme being there is none higher right but so so because he's given this planet to us he has to work through mankind otherwise i mean this is the question that i have if god could just do whatever he wanted to do on this planet right now do you think it would look like it looks if you do if you think the the planet is the condition of his will then you're going to get really offended at a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about tonight. <laughs> I'm just saying. And that's mostly for people watching online. I mean, obviously, if you're here, you're familiar with what we're talking about. But So I just see this picture of God wanting to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. He's not interested in kicking people out. I'm not saying everybody's saved because we know that they're not. There, Some will perish. It's God's desire that none perish, but some will, unfortunately. God doesn't always get His way. His will doesn't always come to pass because some will perish, but he doesn't want that. You know, so what he's wanting to do is move in this earth and be a blessing. And so I kind of see him on his throne, breathing toward the earth, trying to give us life, but we were distant and separated from him. So he, through Christ, now put himself inside of us. And as he breathes and moves, it's not just external coming toward the planet from him. It's also in his people through the effects and dominion of his people affecting the earth and breathing and shining a light into the earth and bringing blessing. And as he breathes his life through us, we live in him. We were dead in our sin. Now we're alive in Christ. We yield to him. We allow him to move through us. We are indeed messengers and carriers of his blessing on this planet so people will wake up and know him, which is eternal life to know him. So the fruits of the Spirit are to fine-tune you and affect your heart in such a way where you're open and not resistant to Him. If you're walking in the deeds of the flesh, you're going to be hardening your heart toward Him. You're going to be into the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, the lust of other things, and you're going to choke out the Word of God. But if your heart is sensitive to Him and you're allowing Him to bear His fruit through you, you're going to be in tune with Him. You're going to flow with Him. You're going to be blessed and you're going to be a blessing. That's what the fruits of the Spirit are for. The fruits of the Spirit are not to guarantee your salvation. Jesus is the guarantee of your salvation. The fruits of the Spirit are not necessarily the evidence of your salvation. The blood of Jesus is the evidence of your salvation. The fruits of the Spirit are there so that your joy may be full and that you'd bring glory to Him. And the way that you bring glory to Him is your blessing to the nations of the planet. So the fruits of the Spirit are not goals to be reached or behaviors to attain. They are areas to yield to God inwardly, the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? All right, so let's just read this, and then we want to do some practical stuff. I say then, walk in... So Galatians 5, 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh and they are contrary to one another. Now, so when we talk about the flesh here, he's not necessarily talking about this, this skin right here. He's talking about a way of thinking. He's talking about a way of living. He's not saying your body is evil. The flesh is 
when you try to live out of your carnal and natural and worldly desires rather than your spiritually natural desires. Are you with me? I mean, it has to do with your skin. It does have to do with your body, but it's not like this body's evil. That's kind of a Catholic thing, and that's why they get into whipping themselves. And the Gnostics would say everything that's physical is evil, but everything that's spirit is pure. And so therefore, God never really manifested fully into material existence. He was just emanations far enough away from the Father to become the Son. And that's what not, you know, and so that, that's just one aspect of Gnosticism. Gnostics, believe, and think about it. A lot of denominationalists believe the same thing, that this world is evil, that you are totally depraved, that there is not one single good thing that you can... How many of you did good things before you were saved? Why? If you're totally depraved and evil and no good thing can come from you, I'm not saying you could earn your way into salvation, but I'm saying an unregenerate person is very capable of loving and caring acts from a pure and good heart. So we're not talking about your skin is evil. Like, let's kill the skin. That's dumb. You want to nourish, nourish your body. Your body's the temple of God. I'm going a little bit slower because I just kind of feel like I want to really get these ideas and concepts out in this series. But So when he's talking about the flesh against the spirit, the flesh is self-righteous. The flesh is selfish. Selfish. It's carnal. It's greedy. You know, the flesh, and not necessarily the body, but, but that, that way of thinking that's, you know, that's, ugh, it's just worldly. Just worldly and self-centered. That's what we're talking about. A way of living, a way of life, a realm almost even. So the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. All right, now, if we want to get serious and we want to discipline ourselves to be followers of Jesus and bearers of His fruit, let's look at ourselves. And I'm not trying to ask you, are you an adulterer? Are you a fornicator? But if you have some of these things going on in your life, even if it's an emotional affair, you got to deal with them. You know, a lot of times we come to church, and I'm not talking about you coming tonight. I'm just saying we approach what we call Christianity, and we don't really ever truly intend to change. We, don't, we just want to go and hear something. We complain because we feel like that's all we're doing is hearing. It's like, well, what are you doing with what you're hearing then? Because if you're complaining that all you're doing is being, you know, people criticize church. I'm like, well... Let me just keep going here. All right, so the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Now, this is not just a list. As, you're, as we're reading this list, I want you to do the same thing in your heart that you did with finances. Where am I? You know, it's like you're taking an, an inventory of where you are. And I'm not necessarily trying to get you to look for sin as much as just pay attention. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, because your heart will say, oh yeah, that one, we need to watch out. Lewdness, 
idolatry, sorcery or witchcraft, <laughs> hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. Let me stop on that one for a minute. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, it doesn't say, you know, because you also can't forget in 1 John, he, Paul says, don't sin, or John says, don't sin. But if you do, remember you have an advocate with the Father. Now, does that, do you hear, well, I can go sin then, because Jesus paid for it. Is that what you hear? Or do you hear, praise God, I'm free. Whew, I don't have to worry. Now, let me get about living a holy, sanctified life by the grace of God. All right, so, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness or meekness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, again, is it talking about your body? You've crucified your body or you've crucified the flesh, that old nature? You've crucified that old nature. Uh, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. All right? So... Anybody got any input, questions, Holy Spirit rolling around before we get into putting pen to paper? Anything on anybody's heart? Do you have it in front of you? Will you get her the mic? If you already have in front of you, it would be better. Is it on? Yeah. Um, it says, this is Galatians 3.5 in the message. It says, answer this question. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things in your lives you could never do for yourselves. Does he do these things because of your stren strenuous moral striving or because you trust him to do them in you? <laughs> Don't these things happen among you just as they happened with Abraham? He believed God, and that act of belief was turned into a life that was right with God. Wow. I mean, that's like exactly what I said. And I had no clue what that scripture was. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like exactly what I said. You know, it's not about <clears throat> trying to get God to move. It's persuading your heart that He's already moved and tap into and experience that. So here, here, here's what I would do is I would walk. So I'm just thinking of different sessions where, like, you can call them just pastoral counseling sessions, discipleship type thing, discipleship type arrangements and conversations, 
people trying to overcome sin habits. These are the kinds of things that I would do in these situations, and that is I want you to just look at and think about, and do we, do we have a, a soaking, is Adam still back there? Do you have a, a soaking playlist? Maybe you can find one and just kind of play that lightly in the background. Um, but so I just want you to go through and I want you to just think about each one, love, joy, peace. You know, and if you have a list in front of you there, look at those in whichever translation you prefer, um, you can pull up. And I just want you to go through each one of those. And I want you to, so what we want you to do is focus on love for just a moment. And I want you to get back into that kind of meditative, prayerful state. And I want you to think about love. The Holy Spirit in me is love. And so then here's what I would do is when you're trying to develop love and you're trying to yield to the Holy Spirit to experience the fruit of love, what you would do is go through and think about each area of your life. Maybe even one way to do it is start when you wake up in the morning. So, y'all want to do this together? You want to go ahead and play that? I'll walk you through it a little bit. And probably turn it down just a little bit if you would, sir. So, you know, we can first start and acknowledge that these are all they're, they're fruits of the Spirit. So in other words, they're His fruit. They're His DNA. It's Him bearing fruit through you. So just relax again. Take a deep breath. And relax as you breathe out. Your focus is in your heart, in your inner man, in your spirit, in your belly. And you're just thinking about love. Holy Spirit, you are love. Again, don't let it rise up into your head and your intellect. Just stay down where you can just think about love without a bunch of detail. Holy Spirit, you are loving. I desire to bear your fruit of love. Turn that down a little bit more, please. So think about love, and I want you to see yourself in your bed, waking up in the morning. And just acknowledge whoever is there. Either your spouse in your bed. And I want you to notice if you feel love toward that person, or what you feel about that person. Again, all we're going to do is we're going to carry love practically through our lives. We're going to start in the morning and we're going to walk through every facet of our day looking at every person that we encounter. And if we run into a situation where we don't have love for someone or we're experiencing something that's not loving from them, we're going to set our intention and our heart to in those moments allow the Holy Spirit to bear the fruit of love in our lives toward these people. We're going to see it ahead of time so that we can choose it when we're in that situation. You can do this with sin habits. You can do it with anger. You can do it with finances. If you 
make bad choices with food habits. You can do it with anything. You find a fruit of the Spirit, the grace and the strength of the Spirit. You watch yourself walk through that situation, and you watch yourself bear the fruits of the Spirit and walk in the power of the Spirit, and you watch yourself be an overcomer because you're telling your heart, this is true already. This is who I am. This is who I am in spirit. So this is how I will behave. I will not be caught off guard. I will not be reactionary. I am choosing to believe that who I am is birthed out of my spirit rather than reacting to the world around me. So again, just relax. Take a deep breath. Acknowledge that God is love in you. And again, back in your bedroom, your spouse when you wake up in the morning, do I have love for this person? And you begin to move through your... And we're going to do this a little quicker than normal. And go into the rest of your house for the day. Who's there? Who might you encounter? Even if it's the Amazon person or the UPS person or that neighbor, anybody that you might encounter while you're in your home, just see them, think about them. What was that last encounter like with them? Especially if I'm, I'm struggling in this area with that, we're not getting along. What does love look like toward that person? I need to pray for that person. I love this person. This person is part of my life. I love this person. I love them. So I want you to see them. And I want you to feel love toward them in this moment. All right, now you're going to head out the door. And however you get to work, we're going to go to work. And as you're at work... <clears throat> What does it feel like and look like for you to walk in that place aware of God's love for you? You're walking in the doors. You're headed to your workspace. And you're aware of God's love for you. Thank you, Father, that you love me. You go with me. You go before me. You prepare my way. I am aware of your love for me. Now I just want you to think about joy in your workplace. What does it look like for me to have your joy? Especially if you don't like your job. Now, again, I might do this in very specific situations, so we're kind of doing it generally in our entire lives in this moment. But if you have an area of your life that you're struggling, I want you to apply these principles and walk through, identify some fruits of the Spirit that you're going to need, See what it looks like. Feel what they actually feel like now. And you might need to do this on a regular basis. Let it happen. You're reshaping how you think. You are transforming yourself by renewing your mind. And you're taking the fruits of the Spirit and the truth of who God is in you as the data to supply a new belief. You're repenting. You're changing the way that you think. I have joy at work. <laughs> Just say that. I have joy at work. I have joy in my workplace. Even if it doesn't pay me enough, 
Even if those people there, I don't get along with them. I love them. I love those people. And I have the joy of the Lord. And it strengthens me. Now, I just want you to see yourself being strengthened by joy in the workplace. See yourself smiling. Now, this is kind of funny, but just put a smile on your face right now. Just smile. <laughs> Feels silly a little bit, doesn't it? But you know what? Joy. And if you're retired, if you don't have a particular job, then just where you might go throughout your day, the different things that you do, just see yourself encountering people. Man, I'm happy. I have joy. <laughs> Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you love me. I love people. Now, patience. All right, so let's do it this way. Think of a situation where you need to exercise patience. Sometimes when people come to me, one of the things that they're struggling with can be identified by one of the works of the flesh, whether it be adultery, fornication, drunkenness. Those are usually what they are. <laughs> Unfortunately, I guess that's a pastor joke. Outbursts of wrath. You know, you, you can peruse the list of the acts of the flesh, identify those behaviors that you don't like, that are robbing your joy, that are causing you to not be a good witness, that are hardening your heart toward Him. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of an area where you're not very patient. You got one? Everybody got one? If you don't have an area where you're not patient, raise your hand. My wife raised her hand, just so you know, by the way, she's... <laughs> I know I'm distracting you. All right, one more time. Just take a deep breath. Relax. Acknowledge His presence. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, you are with us. All we are doing is we are intentionally cultivating patience. Just say it. I'm a patient person. I bear the fruit of patience. I do not cause people around me to become anxious because I am patient. Now think of a situation where you're not patient and maybe you even exercise outbursts of wrath or any of those works of the flesh and see yourself in that situation. In fact, Step outside of yourself and look at yourself in that situation where you are losing patience. And just watch yourself for just a minute. It may not be pleasant. It may not feel good and you may not like it. But I want you to look at yourself. Don't judge yourself. Just watch. Don't judge yourself. Just watch. Now, if you can, I want you to see Jesus walk up to that person and just give them patience. He touches them. He gives them patience. And watch what patience does in that situation. Now, own it. See yourself in that situation, losing your patience, 
And what did you feel when you watched Jesus give patience? Thank you, Lord. And again, we're going through this quickly. We're all in it together. This can be a very powerful exercise when you walk through this by yourself. You can literally reprogram yourself and experience transformation as you renew your mind. So watch yourself be patient. And just say, I am patient. I have the fruit of patience anytime I desire. I can choose patience at any moment. The fruit of patience is in me. I can choose patience any moment. Now let's just go to kindness. I'm a kind person. For the sake of time, let's go ahead and skip to the big one. Let's skip to self-control. Now, again, take a deep breath. <sighs> Relax again. And I want you to think about self-control. Just think about the idea of self-control and see what your heart serves up to you. When I think about self-control... This is what comes to mind. When I think about self-control, this is what comes to mind. Can you put something a little bit more dreamy and flowy? Because we're about to rock out with that song. We got the skateboarders. We got the. <laughs> Y'all good? I, I know this is a this is this is not ideal to do it in a large group with all these distractions, but you're getting the idea. And a lot of you probably already do these kinds of things, and you want to sit in it and stay in it. Sometimes you might only be able to sit in it and stay in it for two or three minutes. Sometimes an hour passes and you walk out and you are never the same again. You see it. You got it. You, you see the culprit in your hand and you've dealt with it. And you walk out transformed. Let's just turn it off. We'll just go with silence. That'd be better for now. So let's do that again. Just relax. Take a deep breath. Go back into your heart. Awareness of the Spirit of God inside of you. What does He look like in there? When you think about the Spirit of God inside of you, what are the visuals that you get? What's the imaginations that you have? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I see a, I see, I see a place that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. <laughs> now again, self-control. Just think of the idea of self-control. And just pay attention to your emotions. And, and if, if, you, if you can think with your heart, then you'll notice your brain and your mind up here beginning to think of things. Self-control. You're aware of the fruit of self-control in your heart and your spirit. 
And then up in your brain, you start thinking, well, I don't really have very good self-control here. I eat too much. I do this. I get mad. I'm drinking this. I'm smoking that. I'm saying that. Trying to lighten the mood a little bit. Self-control. How do I feel about self-control? So what you do then is as your mind and your heart serve things up to you, you know, your heart will beat you up if it can. Your heart will take it as an opportunity to say, finally, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. We got to deal with this right now. And there can sometimes be a sense of urgency with it. And sometimes there can be a sense of dread and even guilt and condemnation. So if you take the time to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit and you start to feel guilty and condemned, all that does is it tells you what you can, uh, where to repent, where to change your mind. And the way that you change your mind is, I have the fruit of self-control within me. I have patience within me. I can choose patience at any moment. Now, in that situation where you see yourself lacking self-control, again, I want you to step outside of yourself and watch yourself. Identify a specific behavior where you struggle with self-control and watch yourself in that behavior and just watch yourself. How do you feel about it? How does it make you feel about yourself? You're not judging yourself. You're not condemning yourself. All you're doing is you're owning it. You're being honest with yourself. Yes, this is a problem. This is something I don't want in my life. I lack self-control here. And again, I want you to see, instead of Jesus walking up this time, I want you to see the Holy Spirit manifest the power of self-control inside this person, from the inside. As you watch this person, they're struggling with self-control. I want you to see a light inside of them rise up. Just watch a light inside that person rise up and as it rises up it feels good it's warm it's peaceful and it begins to strengthen that person where the behavior changes and i want you to own that i want you to feel that light rising up inside of you i have self-control just say that i have self-control now, if we were by ourselves or it was just me and you, I would have you speak out the behavior. I have self-control over, and say it in your heart. I have self-control over. I have the power of Christ within me. Grace is alive within me to strengthen me, to bring glory to God in this area. Self-control is not a problem for me in this area. And just watch. Watch that person choose the power of grace to not be weak in that area. Thank you, Lord. Don't get into your head. Stay in your heart. Thank you, Lord. I trust you, Lord.
Now, all that can be a little bit technical, and maybe it's different for some of you, and, you know, it's, it is what it is. But for just a moment, just acknowledge His presence. Holy Spirit, I love you. I trust you. Thank you for your joy. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to draw on joy, which means we're going to feel better. We're going to leave feeling better than we did when we walked in the door. Internally in our, internally in our inner man and in our emotions, I'm choosing joy. Just tell yourself, I choose joy. And smile. <laughs> smile, as silly as it might be. I choose joy. I choose peace. <laughs> I'm serious about it, but I don't have to have a serious looking face. I choose joy. I'm relaxed. I'm at peace. It is well with my soul. I stand righteous before the Father. I am loved by you. I am your child. Your spirit right now is telling me that I belong to you. That's my boy. That's my daughter. That's my girl. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness with my spirit that I am his child. And that brings me great peace and joy. Life is waiting outside that door. I have all these decisions that I need to make. I have the Holy Spirit guiding me. I've got all of these decisions waiting outside of that door for me. But right now I'm taking time to allow my heart to be charged and influenced by the Holy Spirit. Because when I go out and I face the rest of my evening and the rest of my day and the rest of my week, I'm going to do it from the place of a person that has great love for people. Who walks with joy? What's wrong with you? Why are you so happy? I've got the joy of the Lord. And it's real. I'm not faking it. I'm patient. But I, need to, I need the answer to this prayer right now. Here's your answer, Jesus. I need to know what I'm supposed to do, okay? Know who you are. Know who you are in Him, and it will inform what you are to do. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am whole before the Father. As I'm honest with myself, truth is revealed. Wisdom is revealed. You will lead and guide me into all truth. Yeah, I see that now. I see that I was in my head about that thing. I see that I was just kind of bouncing around, doing what I thought looked spiritual. But as I get in my heart and I'm honest with myself, I see this. This is the truth here. And this is whatever the Spirit would speak to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now let's try one more exercise. Some of you have done this before. I'm going to interrupt you and look up here at me for just a minute. Sarah, would you prop that door back open? Yeah, it's part of what we're doing. So look around the room for just a minute. Look at the speakers, look at the TVs, or look at me. Seriously, look at the windows over there. Look at the planter on the wall. 
Notice the chairs. Look back there. You see the exit sign over the door. Look back in the sound booth. You see the cameras. There's a red light over that. Look back Now look back toward that open door back there. Everybody notice that that door back there is open? All right. <clears throat> now look back up toward me. One more time. Relax your shoulders. Take a deep breath. I want you to close your eyes. With your eyes closed, I want you to visualize the room. Do you see the speakers up front? Do you see me sitting here? Back over your left shoulder, the door to the bathroom with the exit sign over it. And all of a sudden, I want you to see and hear. You're hearing somebody at the back door, and you turn around and you look, and you notice somebody's walking in the room. You're looking right at this person, and you recognize that it's Jesus. He's walking in the room. He's looking right at you, and he walks right up to you, looks directly into your face. He's smiling. He's happy. And you notice his mouth, his lips begin to move, and he begins to speak. And just watch and listen to him speak. He's finished. You can open your eyes. Praise God. Some of y'all are having a long chat with old Jesus there. It's awesome. <laughs> so sorry to cut it short, interrupt. And I love that exercise because it's so simple and fast, but yet I've done it in so many different places. I don't do it here a lot because it, you know, it's just people know what's coming. But when you can do it and it's a bit of a surprise, it can be very profound. So how many, how many of you felt like you, 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 that you saw him walk in the room? Let me ask you a couple of, how many of you saw him walk in the room? So how many of you were able to 
hear him say something to you or get some type of message communicated to you. Yeah, it's okay if you did or you didn't. It's not, you know. So let me ask you this. How many of you that did hear, which I think everybody raised their hand, that which you heard him speak, was it relevant to your life right now? Okay. Yeah, and there's no right or wrong answer. You know, I mean, it, it just, you're practicing, you're developing, you're learning. And, and it's not like we're just starting off because the goal is we're going to be a super spiritual church. No, it's like, no. You just keep practicing. You just keep doing it. We're not trying to get anywhere at all. You already are complete in Him. You already have the fullness of the Spirit living within you. You are already as righteous as you ever will be. All we're doing is being intentional to have a relationship with Him, right? It's like being married. What, are you going to get more married? No, you're not going to get more married. You're not going to get more spiritual. You're going to grow in confidence. That's what's going to grow. So, anybody want to share what he said? And uh, I know it's all, a lot of times it's very intimate. Last week we did this, and I, I think nearly every person in the room had tears in their eyes. Yep. W would you mind using the microphone? Is that okay? Will you pass that over? Just hold it down for a second or so. It'll When it turns green. There you go. Just hold it up all the way. Well, I had um, a vision of the room, every area of the room. I didn't look back um, in the sound booth, but I saw in the spirit um, the sound booth. Not only did I see Jesus walk in, I heard his footsteps. Mm -hmm. And when he came in, there was light. And then what he did was sit in on the back row in the sanctuary and just watched and listened. And then I heard um, Jesus is a God of order. And then he lifted up his hand. <laughs> the God of order. I love that. That's uh, that's um, that speaks to me. Um, <clears throat> anybody else want to share? And and you, you know, usually it's something pretty personal that he's speaking to, and, you, and, you, and it's kind of sometimes it can be shocking. So I don't, you don't have to, but this is a pretty intimate thing for me. Um, most of you don't know, or you might know, that I have two children by a previous marriage that I have not seen for 30 years, a long time. And um, the Holy Spirit has been really dealing with me. You need to see your children, Bob. And so I'm really intimidated by the whole thing. Um, it could go awry in heartbeat. And so one of the things I was the Lord walked in the room and walked over here to me and said, and, and he said, I'm going to show you how to do this without being offending an offense to your children. Wow. And I, and I was like, that's like really a relief because I figured, you know, it's pretty much 
a really strong chance that I'll be offensive because it's been so long. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, powerful. Thank you for sharing. That's it. As you were speaking, I heard the Holy Spirit say gentleness and love, and you're teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. So that had to, that, that applies to As he was said. speaking, yeah, okay. Gentleness and love, yeah. Gentleness and love. All right, so Bob, <clears throat> let's, let's, you know, show and tell here a little bit. Jesus walked in. He said he's going to show you how to do it without being offensive and without being offended. And she heard gentleness and love. What does that mean to you? That's two things I need to work on. Okay, then. Yeah. So in I this, already checked them off on my list. <laughs> in this situation, what does gentleness and love look like for you toward them? Um, well, not really having any expectations would be being gentle by not expecting anything from them whatsoever, positive or negative, just letting the Holy Spirit do what he does. And um, letting them know that I love them, even though they probably don't believe it. So, but yeah, those are two things that, like I said, I already had them checked off on my list. Yeah. So that's confirmation then. Yeah. And that's what it should be. Anytime somebody speaks to you that they're saying, I heard God say this, it should be confirming to you. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes we're dull of hearing and hard of heart, and we hadn't heard it. But if we get down in our spirit, then it'll be a confirmation. So, you know, it's interesting watching. <clears throat> now, tip, typically... Yeah. So, so, you, so you have a plan to write on your heart, to set your heart rooted and grounded in that as you move forward. And and you and you you sit, you want to see yourself sitting in that gentleness and love, and and own it before you ever even get into that situation. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of times when we talk about flowing in the spirit, it's a very external thing. It's you know we're we're it's for other people. It's not really necessarily for ourselves a lot of times. In fact, you know I asked the question last week. And I'll ask you again, some of y'all weren't here, don't raise your hand, but have you ever said, I hear God for other people better than I hear for myself? That's a problem. Big problem. We should be absolutely rooted and grounded in our relationship with the Holy Spirit before we start trying to give words to other people. And, and the way that you do that, and I'm not saying you should be able to hear the voice, I'm just saying you should be able to connect with the Holy Spirit for your life and your world. I'm not saying don't try to minister to other people until you got it all figured out. It's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying don't fool yourself and think that you can't also take the time to develop to hear for yourself, because you can. And it's actually easier for your, to hear for yourself than other people. In fact, you hear God all the time better than you think than you do, that you do. We just overlook the simplicity of how He speaks to us. We, we want the phenomenal and the grandeur 
and we overlook the basic things that are really the transformative, powerful stuff. And so what I want, what I like to try to do, as you see, is I want you to get you get in touch with your own heart. I want you to get in touch with where you are, because the things that rise up inside of you when you're getting down into your inner man are the things that are keeping you from experiencing his power, from experiencing hearing from him, because you got we got those sin issues and those hardness, those hardness area in our hearts, and we got those immaturities, and we got those things that we're not dealing with. You got to get down in there and deal with that stuff. Replace it with the Word of God. Go through a repentant process, not where you're trying to apologize to God for it, but where you're changing how you think about it, confessing that darkness out. Get it out. Let the light replace. And, and, and replace those areas with Scripture and then allow it to become alive. And then God will speak in details and nuance. Did y'all get something out of this? I hope so. I mean, I, I love doing this kind of stuff personally. If you ever sit with me in counseling, this will be a big part of what we do. We'll go through some of the, we'll talk, but then we're going to go into, and my goal is to get, is to help you gain the confidence to hear God for yourself, because you can. In fact, when Jesus walked in and I came, he came up, that's what he told me. He said, I, I love that you trust that I am speaking to people. That's what he says. I love that you trust that I'm going to speak to people. You just get yourself out of the way. I love it. But a lot of, you know, a lot of people we don't take to. Jimmy, did you have input? Did you, are you getting out of here? Or? Yeah. Okay. Did you want to say what was on your heart? Because I know you had your hand up. Well, I can. Yeah. It just reminded me when I saw you. Okay, uh, as I was focusing and seeing Jesus walking in the door and down the aisle, and he walked right up and looked into my face with this big, beautiful, joyful smile. And then he just said, Jimmy, boy, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then, Seriously. Yeah. And then he said, are he, you as glad to see me as I am to see you? But it, it was real. Joyful. Like Jimmy. Yeah. Like oh, that. man, I love that. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. You know. But uh, I then love he it. began to uh, talk to me. And <laughs> the main thing he spoke to me about was fear. Hmm. And he talked to me about that. And, uh, he, you know, he kept telling me, he said, you know, I'm always with you. And then right after that, when you said, okay, you for us to look up, and right when you said that, and then he said, you can go ahead and look up. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here. He said that before or after? After you said okay. look up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Well, good job, everybody. Awesome. Sunday, I'm going to continue. Sunday, I'm talking about bap baptisms. Um, breaking out the different baptisms, and we are going to talk about baptism of the Spirit. That seems to be the big one, unless you're a Baptist, the water one. But uh, And then next week, Adam is actually going to do some worship for us. Yay, Adam. That's going to be awesome. Uh, and then we will just kind of practice a little bit. You know, we're going to maybe, maybe we'll even practice interpretation of tongues a little bit. Um, 
and there may be some people that show up to next Wednesday that are new to the gift of tongues. The God seems to be sending us people that want a little bit more. You know, we 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 have we we have Baptists that want us to be less charismatic, and we have charismatics that want us to be more charismatic. But we're going to be who we're going to be, okay? And we're going to trust God to send people here who can get help in this environment. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to do next week. Father, we thank you. We trust you. We love you. We give you everything that we are, and we want to be completely transformed and shaped by you so that your spirit lives fully through us so that you would be glorified. I speak life and health over every single person in this place that their confidence may grow, that they hear you and they can follow you and they can walk in your power. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen.